0: Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by my co-host Chris Gouts. Chris, it's the 4th of July. I see you're in the spirit wearing your... uh, Happy birthday, America! Shirt and hold the, holding the sparkler.
2: <laughs> That's a visual that most people, I don't think, really appreciate or care for, Greg.
1: Well, you know, Chris, we, we a few months ago we talked about our favorite podcast, and we were giving out. Um, you had a hashtag that we uh, that we people were using to talk about their favorite podcast. Well, Chris, I have a new favorite podcast, and I'm sure you do too. Friend of the pod, Kevin Kemp, is he started a podcast with Aska. It's exciting. It's talking about corrections. Um, this profession nationally instead of, you know, we're, we're doing kind of a thing here just in the state of Michigan, but um, it's cool. So congrats, Kevin, friend of the pod, for uh, joining the podcast family and, and, and his, his project manager, Jill Stewart, was on the first episode talking about uh, her role in ASCA and uh, kind of her role in this podcast. So everybody tune in, make sure you uh, find your favorite uh, podcast app and subscribe to the ASCA Leadership Podcast. Well, Chris, you know what? You know, we're talking about uh, Fourth of July and um, you know new podcast, I do also want to mention, and I want to give FOA a little a little secret tip here and a little uh, little heads up that Chris, in two weeks, it is parole probation agent week. The week of July sixteenth is parole probation agent week. So make sure you guys get your grills out, get your ice cream, have lots of parties. Um, please, you know, recognize the good work that agents are doing throughout the year because um, they have a whole week to be recognized. So I look forward to see all the fun stuff on social media that uh, you know the supervisors and the region managers uh, do for the agents during that week, and let me be the first to say two weeks early. We thank you for everything that you do. Right, Chris?
2: No, I definitely agree. So it, we look forward to seeing all the things that uh, our our office staffs uh, do around the state and posting those on Twitter and, and letting us know so we can amplify those. So it's great to see employees be recognized, but... Uh, it's also good, like we've talked about another podcast too, to remember that appreciation weeks aren't just about uh, the, the the dinners or the luncheons or the you know having a bunch of baked goods. It's about actually making sure that you're thanking your employees that week and and every other day and every other and every other week. So it's not just not just about uh, having a something something you can take a picture of and put it on Twitter and calling it you've engaged with your employees. That's not what employee engagement is. It's about doing things on a daily basis, doing things that, that truly recognize uh, the what the true things that our employees do. Uh, so let's also remember that. But it's also cool and fun to see the, the pictures of the uh, the picnics as well. But uh, let's make sure that we're doing a little bit more than that.
1: So you're talking about true employee engagement, not just the, not just the parties. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. But we do like the parties, and okay. if you want to invite us to any of them, <laughs>
2: yeah. we're happy to go. I don't want to rule myself out of any uh, free lunches or anything.
1: Well, you know, Chris, uh, I know there's other staff that you want to thank on this day, so why don't you go ahead and give them a shout-out.
2: Sure. So, I mean, this is the 4th of July, so we're guessing that most people are going to be listening to us on the 5th of July. Uh, so they're probably not going to hear it uh, on this day. Everybody's out with their families. What, or what do
1: you mean? You mean people don't take time out of their family time and their day off to listen to Field Day's podcast? Is that what you're uh, reply? Other,
2: other than us uh, and maybe Kamara, but probably not even Kamara, <laughs> are going to listen to this on, on Tuesday, the 4th of July. So they'll, well, they'll pick us back up on their on their commute uh, into work on, on the 5th. Um, but, you know, uh, today's episode is going to be about the veterans unit at the Saginaw Correctional Facility where veterans who are prisoners uh, from around the state, of which we have a population of about 2,000 prisoners uh, that are veterans, uh, we're moving uh, a, a number of them into a housing unit at Saginaw. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that and why it's important uh, with uh warden uh, thomas Wynn uh, in just a few minutes but we also want to take time to thank all of our staff who are veterans uh, for their time and for their service many of which who have retired but also a number of them who are still in active duty including the, uh, the warden so uh, our hats are off to them uh, on this day that we remember uh, veterans uh, everywhere but especially from our own staff because uh, in so many actually right now we have so many new correctional officers that are coming in that are veterans uh, and that came from that military mindset and found that corrections work uh, was a natural fit to them. So, you know, we're hiring all the time. So if you know of a veteran that's looking for work, uh, let them know. Have them contact us, and we, we would love to get them into our academies and get them as part of our, uh, our MDOC family.
1: That's very well said, uh, Chris. Yes, and so thank you for your service um, to all of our staff out there. But, you know, you did mention that we went through uh, the Saginaw correctional facility and we went we toured it we actually toured the uh the veterans housing unit and we'll talk about that in a second but uh, you know chris as we were touring through the uh the housing unit somebody came up to us and said hey i'm an avid listener of the field days podcast and we said I, no seriously are you really and they and he said yes I, I listen to everyone i like this episode this episode so we promised him that we'd give him a shout out on the podcast for this episode so a huge shout out to a russ michael norman at srf who like i said is an avid listener and, and now a new friend of the pod chris
2: we always like Friends of the Pod, so if you're a listener, make sure you let us know. It's always good to find more people that are listening, and and uh, aside from letting us know, let, let everybody, anybody else know, You know, your friends or family, your coworkers, uh, to get more people listening. So we, we think that uh, we're trying to provide some good information and, and ways to, to spread the word about what we're doing amongst the staff. So uh, say hi to us, but also uh, you know let other people know about the podcast.
1: That's right. So let's get to our, uh, our interview today. Well, Chris, I'm excited today to have on Warden Thomas Wynn. Um, from the Saginaw Correction Facility. You know, we actually had a chance to go through the veterans unit here. It's very unique. Uh, it's it's very cutting edge for the Department of Corrections. And uh, it was interesting to go through there and see the program, what they're offered. And, you know, we should talk more with the ward about that. And I think, um, you know, open the, everybody's eyes up to what's going on here in Saginaw because it is a very unique and interesting program. So uh, Warden Wynn, thanks for coming on Field Days. We appreciate you coming on today and talking about Uh, the veterans unit you have out here. And uh, first off, can you just talk about kind of your background, how many years you have with the department, uh, kind of where you've been, where you're at now, and uh, then we'll get into the questions.
0: Well, I have 24 years with the Department of Corrections. Uh, I actually opened this facility here as a uh, corrections officer in uh, 1993. From there, I I was promoted to a sergeant here. Uh, I moved on to, uh, at the time, the uh, Central Michigan correction facility, which was uh, mid-Michigan. Uh, level one as a lieutenant, and then I opened up the St. Louis Correctional Facility uh, when they opened the level four there uh, as an inspector. From there I uh, promoted to deputy warden at the Standish Correctional Facility uh, or assistant deputy warden at the time when we had that classification and also I promoted to deputy warden. Uh, I was fortunate enough uh, when um, Warden Rappel-J, uh or now ADD J came to Saginaw that uh, Uh, He was he allowed me to come here as his deputy so kind of make it full circle and I became a deputy here And now I'm a warden at the same facility in which I started with uh, 24 years ago.
1: Well, that's interesting. That's you made your way around the department for sure Um, But let's talk about your program here because it is it's very cool. It's it's um You know, you have you have a lot of veterans in the program right now And I know you're expecting a lot more to to come to fill the whole housing unit But can you talk about the veterans program? Kind of, you know, how it got started, how long it took you to get up and running, where you're at now with it, um, and more importantly, what, what's this mean for the department, and what's this mean for you personally?
0: Well, the uh, veterans unit was a uh, really the I think the vision of the director and the deputy director, um, because there's uh, different states around. We're the 14th state now that have a veterans unit. Um, I was asked to meet with the deputy director, uh, along with the assistant deputy director, and we talked about establishing a veterans unit here in. The, uh, the state of Michigan and specifically here at the Saginaw Correctional facility. And I said I'd be honored to do that. And uh, that was on December 2nd of uh, last year. So that started the, um, the ball rolling, so to speak. Um, so I came back. I already had some veterans here because uh, part of the reason, uh, possibly, that we were actually chosen to, to undertake this task was because we were already the hub for uh, veterans that were coming here uh, to do disability Uh, claim questionnaires. Um, We had a good relationship with the Saginaw uh, Veterans uh, DA here. Uh, We were taking prisoners there. They were doing the questionnaires, and if they had uh, those questionnaires uh, actually involved, if they could um, get any uh, disability um, while they were uh, incarcerated. Based on that, they would be able to receive a certain percentage, and then their families could receive the, the bulk of it, uh, which is a, a great uh, program uh, because those families out there of incarcerated, any, any incarcerated person, uh, may need some assistance. Sure. Uh, along with that, I'm, I'm a 27-year veteran with the U.S. Army, um, so I think that the deputy director uh, was aware of that. And so he chose um, me and this facility to undertake this task. And so December second, we had our first meeting with the veterans we had here. Um, we moved right into February where we sent out a JPay message uh, around the state uh, to all the prisoners uh, who may be interested. And we gave the criteria of uh, uh, honorably discharged or general or Honor, honorable uh, conditions discharged and you'd be eligible. Uh, to come to Saginaw for the veterans unit, uh, some of the things that we said at the time that we could do and we knew that we could easily do would be giving maybe some uh, activities in the in the uh, in the housing units. Uh, that'd be like late night day room TV room activities, uh, microwaves on each wing. Some of these things are actually uh, privileges to prisoners, uh, and then also we'd put a, a sandwich machine in the unit where. Um, they could buy a card from the uh, warehouse and then purchase sandwiches. Uh, so that was another thing that we had. Along with that, we um, w- uh, looked at that we were going to start a Stiggy dog program, which is a PTSD dog program. Uh, Stiggy was the soldier's name, that uh, last name that was killed in action in Afghanistan, and his aunt uh, started this program. Uh, so we thought that would be a very good program for a veteran to train a dog for a, a veteran um, that had PTSD. Uh, they would come and, and see the dog. They would meet that veteran that was training the dog to see if they was compatible. So um, that was another program where we knew that we could get going here in Saginaw. And then we also had other things where we have gardens uh, where the prisoners can go out and, and grow vegetables and things like that. Uh, so that keeps them uh, occupied, and we knew that if uh, we build it, they will come. We've, we've also actually had a lot of veterans organizations, the veterans community action teams that are around the state have showed interest in coming in and doing workshops along with our uh, health care staff uh, because we actually have outpatient mental health here. We already have social workers on ground, so uh, there's a plan to actually do some uh some different workshops with our own healthcare, outpatient mental health social workers. And those social workers are actually uh, veterans themselves. So there's a lot of veteran uh, input here that we already have in place, and they're willing to help those veterans. So. For us that are veterans that um, have served or are still serving, it's uh, an opportunity to try to reach back and and maybe uh, help these men become productive uh, citizens once again once they leave the Saginaw Correctional Facility or the Michigan Department of Corrections. Well,
1: it's it's very clear after you know having toured the unit and talking with you <clears throat> that this is very like you know this is very near and dear to your heart. Having been a veteran for 26 years, um, you know it's. I can see that this, this, this is a passion for you, and I, you know, I talk with your staff, and they say you, you, you come out there so often, you're talking to everybody once a week, all the prisoners who are in this unit, um, seeing what they need, helping them out. It, it's, it's very clear um, that this means a lot to you. So as you're out there talking with the prisoners who are in this program, what kind of comments are you hearing? Are, are, they, are they appreciative of this? What, what, are you, what are you hearing from them?
0: Well, they're very appreciative uh, because they know that at one time they served this country uh, Uh, in the military and they know what the expectations of a a soldier, sailor, sailor, airman, Marine, uh, Coast Guard, man or woman um, the behavior should be and they know that they failed themselves, their family and society uh, by maybe uh, committing some felony that sent them to prison. So this is a to them it feels like when they speak to me it's opportunity of redemption uh, they can redeem themselves. They can show that they have redeeming qualities and they can become a uh, productive member of society once again once they leave here. So uh, you can see a sense of pride in these men right uh, right now. Uh, they're moving forward. They've already volunteered to do a, a lot of things, and, and I kind of got to tell them to, the, you know, slow down a little bit, you know. Uh, we don't move that fast, but there's just a lot of different ideals that are coming out that these young, uh, these men, old and young, uh, want to do because we have, um, we have Vietnam veterans, we have uh, veterans from the Gulf War, and from Afghanistan, from Iraq. So there's a, a wide uh, age, age group there. Uh, and there's a number of different uh, issues that all of them have. But being together, they're able to work work those out together because veterans, I think, understand veterans and, and the issues and the needs right. that they have.
2: Well, you, you just kind of touched on it, but, uh, well, before we go too far along, thank you for your service. Um, I didn't want to go away from that, especially since we're recording this early, but we are, this will be airing on the 4th of July, so that's part of the reason why we wanted to do this today, but... Uh, You started to touch on it, but maybe talk a little bit about what benefits that the prisoners get from being surrounded by other veterans and and that camaraderie, and and, and it's unique. And we're creating these villages around the state with, you know, the educational villages and the vocational village, and now this is kind of one onto its own as well.
0: Well, one of the benefits that I see that these men have seen is that they remember uh, what they were and what they had done. Uh, One of the first things they wanted to do is uh, their their rank structures. Um, You know, I had to let them know that, well, yes, you may have been a captain or you may have been a certain rank, but, you know, there's no rank structures here. But it it reminded them of of how they used to be leaders and not followers. Um, Another thing is is that when we had to raise the flag uh, ceremony, um, you know, it was informal, but for them it was formal. Uh, They no longer were in uniform. I uh, had to remind them that saluting was not an option. Just put your hand over your heart. Uh, they actually wanted to line up as far as, um, you know, military formation. Um, and I told them they could just stand on the walk, put their hands over their heart, we'll raise that flag, and we actually had, you know, uh, the music playing. And uh, those men, just they really thoroughly enjoyed that that unit. That was our official Uh, opening of the unit when that flag was raised over that unit so uh, those are some of the benefits the camaraderie as you mentioned is another one that uh, veterans you understand veterans so um, my my message to them is to um, help each other Uh, by being in this unit you understand some of the things that um, those uh, fellow service members uh, went through are going through and you should be able to relate to them and in some way help them uh, as you know that sometimes you, you put um, men and women in a confined space, such as a housing unit, um, everybody has different agendas. Uh, in that unit, they have one agenda. Um, and they're all pretty much cut from the same cloth. They're all incarcerated veterans. Uh, so they actually want, they have something they, have, they want to prove. Um, and they're trying to prove that to me. They're trying to prove that to themselves. They're trying to prove that to the, to the population. Uh, the Department of Corrections and then um, whoever else, uh, other veterans that may come, other veterans organizations that they are worthy of them spending their time and efforts coming in to, to do these workshops that, that we plan to do.
2: And so with, with those different events and workshops, in the future are we going to have different events like for Memorial Day or Flag Day or Fourth of July or Veterans Day that will be kind of tied to that where we'd have people coming in or would they be doing things here kind of tied to that those holidays?
0: Uh, We quite possibly will. We already had the Vietnam Veterans Association come in on the uh, 25th of this month, uh, and they did a ceremony. Um, we've actually, like I said, we want to do the crawl, walk, run phase. Right now we're still in a crawl phase. Before we start bringing in outside organizations, uh, we want to make sure that we have all the spacing, that we have all the tools that are needed to make sure that those workshops are successful. Uh, when those um, veterans organizations, or whoever comes in, it doesn't have to just be veterans, but organizations that want to work with uh, these incarcerated veterans, we want to make sure that the um, environment is conducive to what they're trying to do. Um, so. We, first we have to get all the, the uh, incarcerated veterans there and and then we'll start working on those different uh, workshops and honoring those days that interesting honor for the veterans mm-hmm.
1: well warden you know you, you talked about um, you know the PTSD dog program you, you said a few times workshops and programs I kind of want to unpack some of that stuff real quick with you and talk about what your goals are and what the goals are for this unit and what services they are getting I, I, I know um, I'm assuming some, some VA stuff or some PTSD stuff, but I, can, you, can you elaborate on some of that?
0: Well, right now, uh, like I said, we're getting ready to do some uh, PTSD. Um, there are more workshops. The department, the PTSD, because we have the social workers, that I mentioned earlier, uh, they can go in and they can help these guys with those issues, which they already do. Um, all you have to do is, uh, is uh, contact the outpatient mental health services here, and they will actually call you over um, and talk to you about whatever the issue is but putting it in a group setting is going to be new uh, for outpatient mental health, um, just dealing with veterans. They already do group settings with people that are on their caseloads. But you're talking about a, a veteran social worker sitting down with a group of veterans and dealing with um, maybe one specific issue, with is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So uh, that's going to be new. Um, as far as uh, any of the other um, things that are going on, uh, we're going to because there's really no funding for this unit um, except for what we already have in our budget here in Saginaw we're going to rely on those uh, organizations outside that want to come in and do workshops and we'll have to actually vet those um, you know we just can't do anything it you know, has to be a vetting process and what we're going to actually let those um, those groups do those Vcats is what they're the short for veterans committee action teams. Uh, come in and do, especially like the DAV, and also uh, which is the disabled American Vet, uh, veterans and um, the Vietnam veterans. So, right now we don't have a, uh, pro, uh, workshops sure. other than the PTSD and the Stiggy Dog uh, program, uh, which I think right now those are two good programs to start with. Um, you know, we've already got two dog programs here, and then it's amazing. Uh, what type of um, you know feedback we have gotten from that. You know, one of them is the Iron Paws dogs, which is, uh, these are the dogs we get from the local animal shelter out for adoption. We've had a high success rate with that. And the other one is Paws for Cause, which um, those dogs go back to the organization and they go out to uh, individuals with disabilities as well. So we're looking forward to this third do- dog program uh, for the veterans because it'll be, uh, um, I think it'll be very beneficial for them.
2: Um, it's my understanding that there's maybe uh, ten or a dozen or so other states that have something like this. Did we model this o- over any other states, or did we visit any other states to see how, how they're doing?
0: We uh, there's there's thirteen other states, and it's a variety of when you talk about veteran incarcerated veterans, it can be from a dozen to seven hundred. So uh, the average is um, incarcerated veteran unit is two hundred nineteen. Uh, so. Well, 240, I think we're right there. Um, we're probably, in our seven months, we're probably uh, leaps and bounds uh, ahead of some that have been doing this for a while. We did contact uh, another state, um, which was uh, Connecticut, because they had a program, and, and uh, we, what we did was we had a uh, teleconference with them, uh, my committee and, uh, and their team. And we found that theirs is a lot different from us. They, they just were doing uh, prisoners that were actually had paroles in their pocket. Um, they still uh, did um, work crews. So those prisoners were going on work, work crews. Um, they didn't address, they didn't have any medical or disability issues or um, uh, mental issues like PTSD and things like that. Uh, They had the cream of the crop type prisoners and they had like maybe 40 of them. Um, Even though it was a very uh, positive interaction, uh, when we got off the phone, we looked at each other and we go, this is not going to something we can model ours after. Uh, We're taking them from all walks of life. You could be a lifer, uh, you could be paroling in several months, um, you could be handicapped, you could have uh, 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 mental health issues, uh, you could be on medication. See, they didn't have any of those. Um, but as far as going out and visiting anyone, uh, no. And we actually decided that what we were doing, um, I think we were doing the, the the correct thing. We were being all inclusive, and not um, excluding any of our um, veterans in the state, unless you just don't have meet the criteria with a a um, honorable discharge or a general or honorable discharge um, disposition on your DD four and two fourteen, which is the uh, uh, document when you're when you get out of military when you're discharged the DD form 214.
2: So, well, I mean, I'm so glad that we're doing the the PTSD part. I don't I don't know how you could have a veterans unit and not address that just because the, the the rate of suicide among veterans is so high. It's probably equals the the rate of suicide among corrections officers. I mean, there's a definite you know connection there. I think and so addressing that is, is a huge need. When you couple that with you know the anxiety and depression that might come just in general population, being a prisoner, but also having you know all the PTSD issues from being a veteran. I think it's really gonna be helpful for them and, and uh, help them through this time while they're incarcerated. So I'm glad that that's a, such a big component of what we're doing here.
0: I agree. It makes it easy for us, uh, once again, our uh, health care staff uh, and the leader or uh, department uh, head, um, our home, Miss um, uh, McCauley, and then also Leah Gulick, um We've actually met, and um, they're, you know, whatever we need, they're, they said they are there for So we already have outpatient mental health. We were fortunate we had uh, uh, social workers here. Um, we're fortunate that we have a, uh, a young lady who's actually a veteran from the U.S. Army, who, and and she's actually willing to go in there and talk to those veterans. So it's a win-win for, uh, for us. It's a win-win for the department, and uh, um, we like to just, you know, uh, say that we're just uh, fortunate to have that type of staff working here.
1: Well, Warden, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And not only that, but you know, just, just the, um, the idea of helping the veteran offenders that we have in our system. Um, you know, they are prisoners, but first, obviously, they they've, they've served our country. So um, it's, it's great what we're doing, and it's not only going to help them, I'm, I'm assuming here, um, work through some of the issues, but when they come out on parole, when they come out on parole, it's going to help FOA staff too, because um, all these services—they're, they're, you know—they're they been given information on these services. They're aware of these services, so when they go out, they understand it. They can get the services right away. Um, so I see this as a win-win for FOA too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we appreciate you. We appreciate everything um, that you have going on here. Um, you have some great staff in there that we talk to. So um, thank you, and thanks for coming on field days today.
0: Okay. If I could say, uh, once again, I, I'm fortunate enough to come and be on uh, field days. Uh, But there's a lot of other staff that are out there that um, are deserving um, to make this a successful um, uh, program here at Saginaw Correctional Facility. So if those uh, staff members that are out there listening, I just want to thank them uh, for doing what they do uh, to make this successful. Um, I'd also like to thank the department for just giving us the honor and privilege to to be the first incarcerated veterans uh, unit here in the state of Michigan. Uh, So we're going to do everything we can to make that successful. And uh, hopefully the next time we uh, talk that uh, we'll have a lot more uh, information for you. And um, we maybe will be starting another one at another facility or another location. So we thank you for coming out. Thank you. Uh
2: All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always
1: follow the department on Facebook at mi corrections and on twitter at michigan doc as well as the foa account at mdoc foa and the cfa account at mdoc cfa and you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag ask field days until next time thanks for tuning in to field days podcast